0: Hi everyone, my name is David Birnbaum. Welcome to The Safe Space. With me today is Leah Denbach. Thanks for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Um, so we met each other at an expo where you were um, selling your book. Can you tell me about your book a little bit and what got you into that work altogether?
1: Yeah, um, so... Uh, my book is 40 photographs and 40 stories of people mm-hmm. experiencing homelessness uh, throughout North America, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a series, um, so Volume 1 was uh, released this past fall. Mm-hmm. Um, volume 2 will be out in October, and Volume 3 will be out in January, and we're working on Volume 4 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the books, we've gone a little bit more diverse, so I went to Australia uh, with oh. the third and fourth book. So goes a little bit broader than just North America. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the go- with the book, um, I have two goals. Uh, yeah. The first is to humanize people experiencing homelessness. Because mm-hmm. uh, so often they're sort of seen as subhuman individuals in society. Yeah. And secondly, to trying to spotlight on the problem of homelessness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely a very serious problem in Canada. Yeah. Uh, for example, I believe on every given year, there's about a quarter of a million men, women, and children that have nowhere to call home. So. Oh, wow. It's not a little problem to say the yeah. least.
0: <laughs> and what kind of led you to be interested in this line of work and like and focusing on people experiencing homelessness?
1: Um, so my mom was homeless as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, she was found wandering the streets of Calcutta, India at the age of three and brought to Mother Teresa's orphanage where she was uh, raised until the age of five when she was adopted to Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Um, that's not the predominant reason I began to photograph people experiencing homelessness, but I definitely think that it has contributed, mm-hmm. uh, though possibly only on a subconscious level. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the work of Mother Teresa as well, because I grew up knowing not only my mom's story, but um, the work Mother Teresa was doing, and if mm-hmm. it hadn't have been for Mother Teresa, like I wouldn't be alive. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I think, yeah, that's definitely contributed. But the mm-hmm. root reason uh, I began is I was photographing the elderly um, in my community, mm-hmm. trying to build my portfolio of portraiture um, when I was 15. Yeah. And um, my dad it, it didn't work out just because we had to get the permission from the children of each individual, and it became like quite problematic to do so. Mm-hmm. So this is when my dad ran into the work of Lee Jeffries. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a British photographer in Britain who also photographs people experiencing homelessness. And we were both really drawn to his work and sort of how we can capture someone's personality through their eyes and their gestures. And and he suggested we go to Toronto here and, and try it out. Mm-hmm. And um, being only 15, I was kind of taken aback by this idea just because there are so many negative stereotypes surrounding people experiencing homelessness and um, I think it's easy to believe these things when we're told them but uh, he, gradually he talked me into it and mm. uh, we went to Toronto and tried photographing some people and I think we both really came to realize that everything we had heard is really wrong, Yeah. Um, they're often quite kind and humble people and some of the kindest people I've ever met are people experiencing homelessness mm. and, and we began to see how big of a problem it was as well. Um, we didn't begin this project because we knew it was a hot topic or anything. We didn't really know anything about it. But mm-hmm. gradually, like after starting it, we came to realize how serious it was. And and then I think I sort of hit the point where they became visible to me. Um, we sort of just desensitize ourselves from people being on the street. And we, we almost can get to the point where we don't even see them anymore. Um, but I began to, to see them and... To realize that they're on almost every corner, every city, and they're everywhere, and and that's sort of when my dad and I um, realized that uh, this would be a good project to to take upon ourselves, and and that it really is important that these people um, are humanized and that people are are that people see how big of a problem it is. Yeah. So we wanted to change the general public's perception of homelessness and. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's sort of how it all yeah. came about. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really great
0: to hear. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, one thing I notice is you say people experiencing homelessness mm-hmm. rather than like just homeless people or even like worse terms that some people may use. Why do you feel it's uh, important to say they're experiencing homelessness? Why do you use that terminology?
1: Um, well, when we say someone who is homeless, we're almost just putting them in a box mm-hmm. and we're, we're just categorizing them by this title which which isn't who they are it's just something they're experiencing throughout their life journey right Mm -hmm. so I think it's important to say people experiencing homelessness because they're they're really just people who are in a circumstance in their life uh, that they don't have a roof over their head or Mm -hmm. a permanent address or something like that and I just think that it it's important in, in giving them dignity and and the respect that they deserve and and also it's sort of hard to get out of that hard time in your life when you're, you're just categorized by, oh, that's the homeless person. Because that's it's not who they are, mm-hmm. right? And they're really just people, no different than you and I.
0: Yeah. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. You mentioned that, you know, you've kind of, we, like we, a society are fairly desensitized, but you and your dad through this work have really been able to humanize them again. Can you share... Like, is there anything specific or just getting to know these people is allows you to see them more as human? Whereas we don't give them the time of day if I just walk past them on the street.
1: Um, yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Uh, for example, when you're just passing these people on the street and you people just have this, I don't know, humanity as a whole just seems to judge each other. It just seems to be something that we all do. And I feel like when you're walking by someone on the street, um, when you don't really know exactly their situation or the reality of homelessness, people tend to just think, oh, they're, they're lazy, they're drug addicts, uh, they're dirty, they're bad people, they chose to be there. There's so many of these things that society tells us to think. and um, But I think that really getting to talk to these people is what changed our perception because... Mm-hmm. When you, when you hear their stories, um, you come to realize that they're not lazy, they're not drug addicts, they didn't choose to be there. Mm-hmm. In reality, they're, they're no different than any of us. Um, they've just fallen to a, a matter of circumstance in their life, they had lack of support, and, th- and they're in that situation. And um, and often, the, like I said, they're quite kind and humble people, it's just no one takes the time to realize these things because we just yeah. walk on by and, and just don't even talk to them at all so I think that's a big part of it and changing people's perception is um, that people realize that it's important to to make eye contact and to say hello and to, to treat them like human beings I think that's a really big part of it
0: yeah definitely and do you think there's like through your work that I, I've read your volume 1 and like it the stories are so powerful like maybe more than the photos even though the photos captured their humanity so well mm-hmm. um, how do we, or what would you recommend in trying to get the average person to care a little more? Is it through reading, like looking at your work or like trying to give people the time of day on the street? How do we, you know, how do I start to make a difference in, in changing this?
1: Um, I, I think reading the book uh, would be a, a great first step. Um, in order to, to sort of get past that, that spot that some people are in of not seeing these people as human and not realizing that they have a story um, and often a very tragic story that led them to being on the street but um so I lost my train of Uh, thought could you just repeat your question yeah I'm wondering
0: like you know how (laughs) I you're obviously trying to make a big impact and and, you know help you know humanize these people Mm -hmm. what's the best way for me to start doing that and trying to get others as well
1: yeah Um, so I think reading the book um, mm-hmm. and, and spreading that uh, with other people as well, but mm-hmm. uh, once you've read the book, I'm, I'm hoping that this will sort of put people over that, that edge and through that barrier of, of no, like being able to talk to these people now and, and realizing um, their significance. And uh, I think a big part of it, once you've read the book, is now sort of acting upon this new knowledge that you have and, mm-hmm. and realizing that... Um, as people have said in the book, like, thank you for talking to me, no one takes the time to do that, and I'm always ignored, and, and people on the street t- treat me so badly, and I think, I'm hoping that once reading these things, uh, society will sort of realize that we can't treat them like this anymore, and, and that uh, members of society will now stop, um, make eye contact, start a conversation, and... And even if you don't have time to have a conversation, just making eye contact or, mm. or just acknowledging that they're there. Because often, as horrible as it is, people seem to almost go to the other side of the road and do everything they can to ignore that individual. Mm. And there's just no reason to do that. Yeah, um, yeah. so I think um, just just humanizing them and, and showing people that they, that could be your mom, that could be your neighbor. And, you have, like, no clue what, what led them being on the street. And
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that makes a lot of sense. And it is, like, people do try to, like I see on the street, just, like, avoid, avoid them altogether. And yeah. I don't know, maybe it's, you know, they like, to, they like to think that, you know, that that person caused their own situation. But I think there's a fear that they know they didn't. And, you know, that could be them. And that's a, ter- that's a scary thought as well
1: hmm yeah I've never really thought about it in that way
0: so you mentioned you started to this work around the age of 15 um, and you're still I believe in your teens like that's you're not the typical you know image of a teenager like even Millennials and younger have a very like you know they're viewed of as kind of lazy self-entitled they only care about themselves and you definitely you know break that mold um, what how do you feel about you know Your role and do you feel like you should be you are a role model to other people of how they should be in the world this is clearly like a humanitarian effort and and you care about people um so what's that experience like you know relative to your age and and the society and the people you interact with
1: um i don't really see myself as a role model but uh Mm -hmm. i guess i would be (laughs) okay um i i try and uh, speak as much as possible, and in doing that, I do speak to um, public schools and high schools, um, mm-hmm. um, from as young as grade five to like um, elderly individuals as well. Um, and I find that like when I'm working with people my age, I have sort of realized that um, I don't I don't want to sound uh, boastful in any way, but I think that doing the work that I do has sort of um, helped me mature and. Mm-hmm. Um, and gave me, uh, sort of allowed me to be able to, to relate with these individuals and, and to see that life isn't just about you, and, which yeah. I, I agree is something, like a, a, a viewpoint that a lot of people my age have. Um, so I, I think that it, it is really important for, for people my age to hear these things, especially. And I find high school students are actually the most difficult to speak to out of all right. of the age groups, um, for example, my, my favorite age group is the elderly mm-hmm. um, because they're they're not judgmental at all and and they they're not worried about how they're gonna look if they ask a question or like because when I speak to high school individuals that they, they won't even put their hand up when it's question time because they don't want to be judged and and it's sort of made me realize that. Um, there's just so much more to life than <laughs> worrying that your peers are going to judge you because you ask a, a question about something you really care about. And yeah, it, It's sort of I like, I, again, I don't want to sound boastful, but I feel like yeah. it's sort of put me uh, in a spot where I can sort of see um, the viewpoint of, of other people that are my age and
0: yeah.
1: and how, how bad it is at, at times and how mm-hmm. a lot of people my age are sort of self-centered and Everything is about you, but you sort of reach that point, I think, in life that you realize that there's a lot bigger problems yeah. in the world than some smaller things that you might be going through.
0: Yeah. And how do, how do you think we can, you know, try and change that, you know, how, reach more of these people? Because that's kind of what I'm trying to do a bit as well, is to show, you know, there are there are a lot of things to worry about, not just yourself, and you're doing that work. How do we reach more people? How do, how do we turn that light bulb on for them.
1: Um, do you mean like with the younger generation or people yeah. in general? Well,
0: with people in general, but I think specifically the younger generations.
1: Um, I would just say targeting schools, because that's sort of where all the young people are in, yeah. in the same spot at the same time, mm-hmm. which would be a good spot um, to start. And I've even found um, through my work of speaking to, to schools, because I've spoken to several um, public schools and high schools now, and, and um, it is really well received uh, when I speak. Um, like I said, they, they may not ask questions, but when they do, you can really tell that um, they are paying attention and, and that these things um, really do matter to them. And I think that when they're shown um, shown my work, it, it makes them realize, um, like I was saying before, like the world isn't all about them and that, mm. that there are bigger problems. and. Once they're shown these things, they're they're able to realize that and internalize it. And I, I have had young people say like I'm not going to see people on the street the same anymore after seeing your work. And and now I'm encouraged to go talk to that individual. And so I think um, the most important thing was just talking to young people and and um, sharing with them um, sort of the the bigger mm-hmm. things in world that in the world that they should be thinking about.
0: Mm. Definitely, and I think just naturally, you're you, you seem to be doing that, and it's great that you're spreading that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned like you definitely feel like you've maybe matured through this work, and you can kind of see that. I know you do this work with your your father as well. Have you noticed you know a shift in your relationship or in how he views the world as well as you've you know done the embarked on this journey together?
1: Um. It's hard for me to, to speak for him and, and mm-hmm. he would be here uh, he's just ill unfortunately mm-hmm. um, but um, I, I, I think it has affected us both and mm-hmm. and just um, how how we go about our lives as well and and um, I, I can like just think back and when I was younger and passing homeless people I, I don't remember it really either phasing either of us mm-hmm. um, but now I, I can tell that um, it it does really affect us seeing individuals on the street Mm. and and uh, we have a lot more compassion for them and um, we're almost in the same mindset because of the work we've been doing for example just last week uh, we were interviewing an individual and we had an opportunity for him to possibly get a job in a place to live in Collingwood where we lived and and I could tell um, as soon as we met this individual we're both thinking the same thing like oh we really need to help this guy out Mm -hmm. And then as soon as he said, the shelter's kicking him out that night, I could tell that we're both thinking, oh, we got to take this guy home Mm -hmm. and let him stay at our house tonight. And um, so it's not something we've really um, talked about, um, but I can sort of just tell that it it is affecting us both. And Mm -hmm. um, speaking from my own standpoint, uh, it it, it definitely has had a huge impact on me. um, Like when I see an individual on the street, it's hard not just to, to cry, honestly, because mm-hmm. uh, I can't help but think about th- their life and what they have to go through each day and mm-hmm. and <laughs> that they have a story and it's often a very tragic story, yeah. which is very sad. But...
0: Yeah. Do you ever find it slightly overwhelming, the work you do? Because um, I know even after reading your book and thinking a lot about it, like, I can see these people and and really see them but it is a lot right especially in toronto there's a lot of homeless people how do you kind of still allow yourself to be a little desensitized or it, it could overwhelm you to try and take on all of these people's stories
1: yeah uh, yeah definitely um it, it hasn't been easy um just because um the, the more that i've done this work it's, it's made it harder and harder because I uh, am able to sort of see them as a friend now, and then I I'm always thinking back like, oh, where is Nicole right now? Did she get that train ticket to see her daughter? Did she ever get home? Is she still on the street? Like, what's happening to her on the street? You, like I'm I'm constantly thinking about the stories of the people I'm meeting because they're they're almost more like friends now, and mm-hmm. um, which, which makes it very hard um, And hearing the stories. Um, just w- whether they're homeless or not, they're they're just such tragic stories. Um, for example, uh, we've had individuals tell us that, for example, um, his dad murdered his sister, and he has had to hide his whole life um, because his dad was never caught for the murder. Or um, we've had two individuals where their child was hit by a car and their wife commits suicide. Or we've had several individuals tell us that they were molested as a child and and just stuff like that and. Um, whether them being homeless or not it's just really hard to, to hear mm-hmm. these things and and to know that they're confiding in you um, yeah. that there's the reality of their story and and it's now like my job to to share this um, like they wanted and for people to realize the reality of what put them on the street. Um, so it is very difficult uh, It is hard to sleep at night um, mm-hmm. sometimes like thinking about these people and And where they are, what they're doing, like what's happening to them. And uh, it never really goes away. Uh, For example, just driving here today, going Mm. over the Gardner Expressway, I can't help but think that Dexter is under the Gardner Expressway in his tent. Mm. And like, how's he doing? Because I know he lives there. And it's Mm. just stuff like that. Or when I go by uh, the Eaton Center, I can't help but think, but where's Leslie McLovin? They're usually on the corner. Is he okay? Like, has something happened to them? And just stuff like that. Um, um, so it is very difficult but I think the only way um, that I have been able to sort of continue the work I do um, without letting it um, affect me too too hard is knowing that I am doing everything I can do to help these people and mm-hmm. um, not only are we donating 100% of the money that we make um, back to homeless shelters but we're also doing everything we can to change the general public's perception of homelessness mm. to hopefully one day end homelessness is, is yeah. our, our goal and it, it might be a lifelong um, task for us to, to even get near mm-hmm. ending homelessness but um, I, I think it is possible once yeah. once that we, uh, we realize, like if everybody in society realize the reality of it, it's just a matter of time of having, oh, these people have extra bedrooms, take them in and mm. homelessness could be ended in, in a day or just building a, a skyscraper that was all affordable housing units mm. as opposed to skyrocketing prices that no one can afford that is in anything below the middle class or, yeah. or even the middle class. Like, I, I can't even afford a place and, mm. and I thought I was doing okay. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so... Yeah, really just knowing that I am doing what I can has been the only way to sort of Mm -hmm. continue. Yeah.
0: Well, no, and that's it's good. And I like, I think I very much appreciate the work you're doing. I think a lot of people do, not just the people experiencing homelessness, but other people as well. So thank Mm -hmm. you for that. Um, As you move forward now, you say, you know, this is, you know, something you want to continue working on, but do you know, you know, what in what Veins you plan on working on it next. You say you have a couple more books coming out, so I'd love to hear about kind of what your next steps are and also you know what you're hoping to develop more in yourself to help this mission.
1: Um, so in terms of next steps, um, like I said, we are continuing this series, um, mm-hmm. we're working on book four right now. I'm not sure exactly to what volume we are going to go to, but we are going to continue. Uh, what we're doing as much as we can and Mm -hmm. ideally I'd love to do it around the world but uh, that would mean I would need a lot of funding to do so. Um, But um, really doing this work has made me realize that I can use my talent uh, photography um, not just as a career um, or to benefit myself but I've come to realize that um, through an image you can really change the world. Um, on a on a larger scale but and and changing the general public's perception and that's sort of encouraged me that that's kind of what I want to do for the rest of my life is mm. to sort of shine a spotlight on problems that people aren't seeing and mm. and help people bring their stories to the light of the general public and mm. and have things exposed that shouldn't be going on in our society like it just makes no sense that we're having to humanize humans. Yeah. And that we're having people bagging on the street when we live in one of the richest nations in the world. It just makes no sense mm-hmm. whatsoever. And I think once light is shed on it enough, I think that hopefully it, it will change. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was the second part of your question, Sori?
0: About uh, you know, personal growth as well, right? Like you say you've grown quite a lot through this work. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you know, you can't ever predict what that might look like but is there anything you're hoping to continue to gain
1: I'm um, I'm just hoping to just sort of grow in, in my empathy towards people and and um, yeah it is hard to predict where yeah. where um, I will go um, in my growth but I do believe that um, there's a lot to go from me as I am to sort of the the mindset of someone like mother Teresa and, um, but I think that is something that I would potentially strive to even get close to, is yeah. is being so selfless, um, that, like you don't even think about yourself anymore, and your life yeah. is just based on helping those around you. Yeah. I, I would like to get to that point. I, I still know I am a little bit selfish, so yeah. I'm t- trying to get to that point. And yeah. um, back to what we were talking about before, actually, yeah. um, I, I am thinking of some other projects in the future, um, that of of things that sort of need light shed on them, and mm-hmm. I think some of those topics would be uh, like immigration mm-hmm. um, and refugees, um, with images and stories as well, as and um, um, Native Indian youth as well. I think that's mm-hmm. definitely a story that uh, that should be told, and. Um, those are just maybe potential topics yeah. I might cover yeah. in the future, but we'll see yeah. where, where the Homeless Project goes for yeah. now.
0: Well, thanks for sharing thanks for those <laughs> with us. Yeah. Um, we only have a few minutes left, so I kind of want to shift gears a little bit. I am, you know, what I find quite interesting is how politics plays a role in all of this. And obviously, you know, to eradicate homelessness, a lot of people would view politics as an important thing, like the policies around there. Do you think it's most important to get like, people on board through the work, humanizing? Or also, like is there something to be said for like, trying to work with government and like, what role they play?
1: Um, I think if we were able to convince the government that what we're doing is as important as we think it is, this would end today, mm-hmm. um, so I, I definitely think that would be a big part of it. Um, the thing is that that's almost impossible to to get the right person who's in in charge of like housing for our mm-hmm. nation and contact them directly would almost be
0: mm-hmm.
1: impossible. And to convince them that that what I, what we feel of of the solutions to homelessness and to convince them that these things need to be done, I think would be. Uh, almost impossible like my dad and I were talking about this and because um, these these people they're not even they're not even like um, there's not a council that's like choosing housing it's just like one person mm. that was put in that spot like almost by a matter of, of just luck so it's, yeah. like, it's like this person's choosing the housing and, and when for homeless people when they've probably never even spoke to a homeless person before or- uh, so I think it would be very difficult to, to get to talk to the right individual, but if if we could do that, I think it could be stopped in, in mm-hmm. a day, like I said. Yeah. Um, for example, there's um, a mayor, and I think British Columbia might have been, he was the mayor of a city, and he just said, we're going to end homelessness today. If you're homeless, come to me and I'll give you housing. Mm-hmm. And homelessness was gone in one day.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's that easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just, uh, just a matter of them taking it seriously, that these people shouldn't be on the street. And um, there was actually a law, I just realized that was passed, I think, in 2011, um, in in which that it's a human right um, for no one in Canada to be on the street. But since that law is passed, nothing has been done to get Mm -hmm. these people off the street, right? So by law, there shouldn't be homelessness, but Mm -hmm. it's just no one takes it seriously enough that we actually need to step up and do something about it.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that's, I, that's why I do think the type of work you're doing is so important because, you know, it's unfortunate the politicians don't just do these things and it's, it's getting people to demand it. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, this first step is for people to see people experiencing homelessness as that, as people. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, so important. Um, well, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing all of this with us. I really do appreciate it. Um, And I want to thank all of you for tuning in. If you have any questions, I'll put links to Leah's work uh, in the description, Um, but definitely check out her work. It's fantastic. So thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube and tune in next time to The Safe Space.